0: Hello,
1: hello, hello! Welcome back to the DTF Podcast. This is another episode of Just a Tad with Sam Norton. That's me, and you are a listener and a lover of my voice and comedy and all things fun and funny. We're here to talk about a thing that I chose to talk about uh, and dissect it to an exhausting level. Uh, so that way, hopefully, you will have a new appreciation and yet uh, no uh, sense of humor about it after this. Uh, that is what we do here and what we will continue to do. If you didn't see the title of this episode or the thumbnail I picked out, uh, this we're, today we're going to be talking about a Joe Rogan bit uh, from a while ago, more than a decade uh, ago, uh, that I think about... Uh, way too much. It's, it's one of those, in comedy I've found that there are just certain bits that, for whatever reason, um, good or not, this is a really good bit, uh, let me say that, but it, I'm saying, like, sometimes jokes get caught in your head, uh, when you are around it all the time, and... They're always good, but you sometimes can't explain it. Um just separately, uh, before we get into Rogan. Uh I have uh I have a friend, Lane Pachelle, who uh I was roommates with in Chicago, very, very funny comedian, and he has so many bits uh that I've heard over the years, and there's one in particular that uh I even uh brought it up and posted something on uh social media the other day, but like I think about it too often to it's just an earworm but uh his bit he doesn't do it anymore he just went up on stage and he'd go uh, hey uh do you guys remember 911 uh i'm talking oh two uh that's the day that my laptop was stolen from a panera bread you guys remember that uh i i couldn't tell you why that's stuck in my head all these years like that that was from Literally, like, a decade ago that I was, like, I first heard that and was surrounded by it, and for some reason that's still in my head. And this joke, I will say, is a lot better. I love Lane a lot, but legitimately this uh, Rogan bit is... uh, Is a great, great, uh, bit of comedy that, uh, lasts for about ten minutes. We're gonna cut it down a little bit so you guys can get the gist of it, and then you can go out and find it yourself. Um, but it's from his album, Joe Rogan Live. It was released, uh, into stores on, uh, iTunes and stuff like that back in September 1st, 2006. So he was still selling fucking CDs and DVDs of this motherfucker when it came out. Um... When I was looking up the IMDb, I found a couple of interesting facts. One, it was produced by Netflix, so I'm sure it's still up on Netflix. I should have probably checked before this, but uh, it was produced by Netflix. So I'm still, I'm sure it's still up. Um, but I think they had three different filming locations. Uh, it said one was in L.A., one was in Las Vegas, and one was in Tempe, Arizona. So I think they filmed it maybe over three different weeks or three different shows and then spliced it together um which the Tempe Arizona one would make sense cuz there's a, a a part I don't think we're going to play it today but there's a part in the set where uh he talks about like going out so, like if you went outside how weird it would be for caveman to see downtown phoenix and when i heard that like i have i've listened to this album a couple of times but when i heard him say downtown phoenix I always assumed he was in Phoenix or Arizona talking about that because that's a weird... As a comedian, that's a weird uh, town or city to reference. Um, Usually you do something super well-known like L.A. or New York or you do something uh, completely absurd like uh, Walla Walla, Washington or something like that just to be silly. And then even more so removed from that, if you are going to do a third option, you would do something that is maybe not as well known for just being a metropolis, but for having a, um, uh, I don't know, a sense of infamy like Detroit, right? Detroit's collapsed. They've got poisonous water surrounding them. Like you would use that as a reference, but Phoenix is like, yeah, it's Phoenix, you know, it's sunny. I don't know. The sons are there uh, because it is like it's just a pretty bland reference. So I'm wondering if he said that because they filmed in Tempe or maybe he's just a better comedian than me. I don't know. But there's a little fun thing. Uh, Also, apparently on uh, the credits, uh, I believe it's on the DVD and I think it's on the Netflix streaming thing. But on the credits, he does a special thanks. And and I quote the special thanks that he gives out. It says, special thanks to baby Jesus a la Buddha, the Hindu floaty thing, and self-transforming machine elves in hyperspace. I don't find that particularly funny. I find it very interesting and fucking weird that you would do that. That just sounds like somebody who, uh... I you know what it is kind of funny cuz you're taking the piss out of people go like special thanks and treat it like some in memoriam a lot of times like I get the you know it's special but that's fun to just be like eh uh, hey whatever hey guys I get high a lot it's basically what he said I smoke way too much pot right now anyways this uh let me give you a brief description of the bit we'll go into it and then uh, dissect the shit out of it um so This is from uh, Joe Rogan Live. The bit, there's really no lead-in. You guys will kind of get what he's talking about, but he's talking about the de-evolution of man. How uh, maybe it is an inevitable pattern of humanity that stupid people win out. It is basically a stand-up, more in-depth analysis of the movie (sighs) Idiot... Fuck me. We even talked about this before. Idiocracy. um, That movie uh, from early 2000s. I'm going to look it up real quick. Because I wonder which came out first. Oh shit. Filmed in 2006. When did it come out? This is crazy. Talk about a similar... uh... Oh wow. That really fits with what I wanted to talk about after you guys listened to this too. Like, Just similar thought patterns and shit like that. That's... That's insane. Um anyways, I'm not going to bore you. I'll figure it out later while we're while we're listening. But yeah, it came out. It was filmed in 2006 and it came out. So, oh, release date January 25th, 2007. That's crazy. So, it was filmed in 2006. September. Holy holy shit. That is crazy. Okay, so listen to this. So, Joe Rogan's special that we're talking about today came out September 1st. 2006 what that's insane okay and idiocracy came out september 3rd 2006 so i was misreading that but it actually came out it it was filmed earlier in 2006 and then came or 2005 2006 and then came out september 3rd so it came out two days later and then this bit that joe's doing is basically a kind of higher functioning synopsis of this movie. What a fucking world we live in. Thank you, baby Jesus, a la Buddha, Hindu floaty thing in the sky. That what a goddamn coincidence. That's pretty cool. Anyways, uh listen to Joe uh talk about dumb people all of us really, the proletariat, and uh We'll come back and analyze and, uh, I don't know, just have fun with, uh, comedy. Uh, enjoy. Mow Yay!
0: <laughs> dumb people are outbreeding smart people at a fucking staggering pace! And nobody ever even talks about it! But we all kind of know it's happening. And the real problem is, most of us are dumb. We don't want to admit it. But really, how many of us are really smart? Look, I know I'm stupid. I know, I know I'm stupid, but yet I'm smarter than almost everybody I meet. (laughs) And the real problem with dumb people is they don't even know they're dumb. That's a part of being dumb, you're not aware. There should be a way to tell, like a home pregnancy test type thing. Some shit, you take at home, and you lick it, and you go, oh, I'm a fucking idiot, shit! the fuck is this? It's broken. Give me another one. Dudes would never believe it. Idiots would be fucking boxes stacked to the ceiling. Liar, cocksucker! No! The real problem is most of us are idiots. We just like to think we're not idiots because we use a bunch of shit that smart people have figured out. But how many of us understand any of that shit? Think about the technological level that this world operates on. How many of us really understand that? What if everybody out there died and we had to take over the world? How well you think we do? Yeah, terrific. We would do awesome. Yeah. Does anybody know how any of this shit works? Why is that loud? Any idea? I've been a comedian for 16 fucking years. I have no idea what's in there. I don't know, some loud shit? I don't know. What makes that bright? Bright shit? I don't know. Think about all the stuff you need to run your life. Computers and Palm Pilots and cell phones. How many of you know how to make any of that shit? I mean, if I left you alone in the woods with a hatchet, how long before you could send me an email? We are not smart smart people. I don't have a camera on my phone because I'm smart. If you left me on an island for a fucking million years, I could never figure out how to put a camera in a phone. I don't even know what a camera is. I know I press a button and a picture shows up. What happens between me pressing that button and the picture showing up is anybody's fucking guess. There might be leprechauns with spray paints fucking gremlins up the ass. All I know is megapixel. You got to say that to get the good shit. I don't even know what a megapixel is. It's like a noise you make with your mouth. Megapixel. Oh, you're clever. You are clever. (laughs) Who knows uh, people who know that shit? Does anybody know anybody who's invented anything? Who are they? Is anybody watching them? Making sure they're alive, making sure that somebody makes kids with them? No, no one's paying attention. I think what's going to happen one day is the smart people are just going to die and they're going to leave us with a bunch of shit we don't understand. <laughs> I think it's going to be no warning. We're just going to be sitting around, having a good time, having a couple drinks. Power's just going to shut off it.
1: <laughs>
0: Everybody's going to get out the lighter. Way to go, you fucking idiots. Can't even keep the power on. What the fuck? And what do you do when the power goes out? I don't know what you do, but what I do is usually I sit around and I wait. <laughs> but it makes sense. If you ever watch a documentary on the pyramids, they have no idea how they made those things. They, they take well, we believe they use levers, but this is all that you need to know. They know they're there, so they know somebody made it. But all you need to know about the Great Pyramid Magiza, there's 2,300,000 stones that weigh between 2 and 80 tons. Some of them were cut from a quarry that was 500 miles away. No machines, no trucks, no steel. They had copper tools, and they were perfectly cut. And you couldn't get a razor blade between these rocks, and they're perfectly aligned to true north, south, east, and west. And if you cut and place 10 of these monstrous stones a day, It would take you 664 fucking years to make one pyramid. All brought to you by people who thought the god Ra took the sun across the sky in a canoe. (laughs) And returned later that evening with the moon. They had 16-year-old queens. Cleopatra was 16 when she was running shit. That's like Lindsay Lohan being queen of the world. And they built that. They built that. Are you sure? Are you sure? Okay, because I have another theory. I think people used to be really, really, really fucking smart. But the dumb ones just out-fucked the smart ones. That's what I think. I think we are all the bastard children of the idiot stoneworkers of Egypt. I think at one point there was a master race, and they were reading each other's minds, and they were free of ego, and they were totally honest, and they were mapping out the cosmos, and behind them, the stoneworkers just fucked away. He looked just like me. That's my fella right there. <laughs> they just, just took over. One day, the smart people just died. There's probably no warning. Just one day, the idiot showed up at the pyramids. Hello? <laughs> Anybody in there? We're supposed to get our checks on Friday. (laughs) A lot of boys got overtime coming. The holiday is right around the corner. Have you no heart? (laughs) Then eventually they realized the smart people were all dead. What do you want to do? I think for now we should just move into the pyramids. Then we'll figure it all out. That's what they did. They just moved in. And then they just started lying about it. After a couple of generations, who built this? We (laughs) did. We're the best, we're number one, Egypt, Egypt. Look at that beautiful flat wall. That's craftsmanship, son. I think I will draw stick figures on it. This is a woman, she's carrying fruit upon her head. That's important to document. This is a man but he has the head of a dog.
1: And we're back. That was Joe Rogan talking about uh just a lot of things I enjoy. Uh real quick, the the so when I talked uh before about how I think about this joke all the time, really the thing that stands out in my head there's two of them the lesser one is the at the very end when he says uh, this is a man but instead he has a head of a dog uh i think about that anytime i'm because i kind of uh like i i i like to draw right i went to art school for a uh, very short time. Didn't graduate, but I before I started wanting to do comedy, I wanted to do some type of illustration. So I like to draw, right? And sometimes when I'm drawing off the top of my head, uh, a person or a character, I'll uh, and before I, you know, put a face to the person, I'll think about putting a the head of a dog on it, and I'm just oh, this, I got a the head of a dog that always pops up in my head. So that's one of those earworms. Uh, but the other one that really... Uh, I guess I want to talk about more. The whole bit in general. But the uh, the first major punchline that he has. Which is, if I left you alone in the woods with a hatchet, how long until you can send me an email? That is right there. Him already setting up and boom, 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 boom. Uh, hitting uh, all the, the parts of the joke that he wants to but wrapping up uh the entire first half of that bit with that succinct of that's almost a jerry seinfeld-esque uh economy of words of a bit because he sets up this very large idea uh that is basically human intelligence evolution uh, uh Survival of the fittest, in the sense of evolution, that not necessarily uh, the fittest will uh, survive and procreate. It's really just about who can procreate and who procreates more. And he talks about uh, that. Th- that's a pretty deep thought. And to wrap all of that up uh, with, hey, we all might be idiots because as a society we're all really counting on the top and I'll even be nice here and say the top 10% is really the ones doing everything uh, or not doing everything they're they're forwarding us into the future uh, or even just keeping this shit alive and the rest of us the other 90% are really not contributing all that much we're just kind of uh, we're just kind of propping up the top 10% and that's a pretty humbling thing. I wish he would have gone into that, but that's not very I guess that's not very funny. But there, there's that underlying current of that of like, yeah, we're all kind of fucking idiots. Uh, when he hits the microphone and goes, yeah, I don't know how this works. Uh, I think about that constantly when I'm on stage, where I'm like, yeah. I i really don't know how... And I, I used to... Hey, uh, spoiler alert, I used to work at a place called Radio Shack, right? I was the guy that Fucking helped you guys uh, find diodes and transistors. And I know... Like, I got trained on shit there. Uh, it was minimum wage. so I didn't try really hard. But I legitimately probably have more knowledge about electronics than the average bear. Uh, which is another thing Joe talks about. He's, he's like, I'm smarter than most people that I meet. And I'm a fucking idiot. I feel that constantly. And going in back with electronics, the microphone thing, it's like... I have a vague understanding. I could maybe... Like, you know how the Earth... Uh, if you uh, do a cross-section, uh, there's the crust, upper mantle, lower mantle, uh, uh, inner core, outer core thing, right? If understanding uh, electronics and audio equipment and everything is the entire breadth of uh, the, the interior of Earth, I electronics wise, I understand the crust of the earth, which is like, just like the skin of an apple. Like I understand that. And yet that is more understanding than fucking probably 90% of people on the planet, which is uh, terrifying, right? Like I would be, like, <laughs> if, if 10% of the world's population just vanished in the rapture, I would then be the electronics guy. And I don't know a goddamn thing. I couldn't tell you what a transistor actually does. I can tell you vaguely what it does. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to right now because nobody's here to make me prove that. I'm just gonna say it as a matter of fact, so you guys actually believe I have some more intelligence than I actually do. Um, but I I, I love this bit, and I I think kind of both of these punchlines that I read—the one about the man with the head on uh, the the head of a dog and the email one—the. Uh, Specifically, the email chunk. Why I like that so much is he builds up a big idea that gets precisely, uh, like, with economy of words, ratcheted down to a couple of sentences. I like. I love. I love when. P- That's what I like about Chris Rock. He does that a lot too. Comedians that are able to like an accordion, expand an idea, and contract it so it is digestible to an audience is, uh, it's quite inspiring, actually, because I, I have a huge problem in my own comedy, uh, from what I uh, think I know about myself, I have a huge problem with editing, and when I see someone do it well, um, I, uh, I'm jealous first but then that turns completely uh 180 into just being uh, aspirational to something to strive towards because like when you're when you're on stage it, people's attention especially nowadays and and it's mine too people's attention is uh probably cut in half if I'm just making some bullshit figure up right now uh live performance has this weird dichotomy of both giving you everybody's complete uh, in, in the best of circumstances. I'm, I'm i the reason I pause is because it's like I played too many fucking shit shows to where people are on their phones. But in, in a generalized sense, when you're doing a live performance and people are there to watch you, you have this weird dichotomy where you have people's complete, um, attention and yet their attention is cut in half as if as opposed to like if they were watching tv right like if you're watching tv or streaming something you'll sit there and like once you surf and you you'll sit on something you'll go all right i'll give this a chance right and you probably have about i'll even be nice and say six minutes in you to go, eh, ah, maybe I'm bored with this, right? Like, if you put on a movie, you'll give it about six to ten minutes before you're like, ah, this sucks, right? With live performance, and I'm only going to speak about comedy, with stand-up comic comedy, you have 30 seconds for them to decide whether or not they like you, and you have about three minutes tops for them to just start taking over the show and say I don't want to be here. And that is that's not like once you get that 3 minutes you're good. That's every 3 minutes. Every 3 minutes it's like you better be saying something interesting, entertaining or funny. And on top of that, if that 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 expands to people like from people's attention spans to also people's um Willingness to follow your your ideas, right? So, like, if you got a bunch of drunk people and you're talking about the de-evolution of humanity, okay, there are more ways than not to tell that in a way that people won't give a shit. Joe finds a way, a lot like we talked about in the Monty Python uh, the Monty Python episode, where. They have a formula, which I very much appreciate, where comedy uh, is, is about subverting expectations, right? And Monty Python would say that when you have a very smart or high intelligence idea, you take it down to the lowest common denominator and you make it dumb, right? So that way you're feeding uh, somebody their medicine with a giant spoonful of sugar contrast that with the the (laughs) the other side of it right the other side of it is you take a really dumb idea and you evolve that or you put that up on a pedestal into a smart way of talking about it right i think what joe's doing here specifically is taking a very smart idea and dumbing it down and not in a negative way, just dumbing it down to where it's palatable to everyone. To go, okay, I get what he's saying, and it's funny to me. Um, that's with the the email one, with the dog one. Uh, one that's just fucking pothead humor. But I I do like how the thread of we are all stupid right now. What would happen if all this goes away? Right. What what would we do? Right. And then extrapolating that to, what if this has already happened before? Um, I, I love that idea of perspective. That is something I'm working on currently. Well, I was before all this shit went down. Um, a friend of mine, Emily Galati, very, very funny comedian, uh, really kind of hammered it into my head that uh, in order to expand ideas and bits, uh, it's simply an idea of perspective right? So this bit, right? Joe starts off with, I am an idiot, right? I, 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 me, me, me. Here is my perspective, right? And he broadens it out a little bit. He goes, we are kind of, we as in like you and me in the room, right? I know I'm an idiot. I'm dumb. But most people I meet are dumber than me. Then he goes, does any, does anybody know how this works? Do you guys know, right? He's talking, vaguely to everyone, but it's mainly to the people in the room. Hey, I think we're all fucking idiots. Then he brings it out to kind of a royal we. Like, my neighbor. Like, if everything collapsed, me and my neighbor would just be outside with fucking torches. We wouldn't know what to do, right? Then I cut this part out. He talks about going into... uh Uh, like the de-evolution we wouldn't know what to do we would just go into caves and kind of de-evolve just sharpening sticks because that's the most amount of uh survival we all have is like I, i can sharpen a stick and defend a cave that's all i need right and then after thousands of years they'd come out they'd see downtown phoenix oh that's that's in this bit okay see downtown phoenix and then uh they'd wonder how they got it built boom that's like the pyramids, and then that's how we get back into the pyramid thing. But then, so that, that goes from I to we, I to you, to we in the room, to the royal we, right, to everyone. Then he takes a new perspective. He switches timelines and goes, well, what if people have already done that before? So then he starts analyzing another perspective, which is more of a historical, well, historical is really being pretentious, uh, I don't know, a pothead historical view of what if Egyptians were doing this, then he creates a whole other scenario. As a As a comedian, right, when you're writing, he could have, a lesser comedian would have stuck and said, I'm dumb, I don't know how to work this, Like, how do the pyramids work, right? And you just sit there and you go, I, me, I, me. And there's still a lot of humor there. Don't get me wrong. You can still make things funny with I, me statements. But changing the perspective, I'm still analyzing this myself, but changing that perspective and also even the uh, pronouns. Is that what we is? I think so. I should know this, right? That's a social thing going on. Uh, changing the pronouns also changes people's perspective in their mind. It's like reading a book, right? You change the perspective of saying I, then you know who the narrator is. It's the same on stage, right? If you say I, me, me, I, then you go we, 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 and then you go them, then you start changing their perspective further. It goes from I'm separate from you, right? I'm going to talk about me, so the audience is learning a little bit about who you are and your perspective. Then you say we, then you're doing a relatable thing, right? We do this together. Then you go them, then you have something that you are still relating with the audience, but you're relating not on a self-identifying thing. You're almost making fun of something else. That's That's a pretty high level of comedy that I would suspect he, and most comedians do, maybe not on this deep analysis, nobody fucking talks about comedy like this uh, most of the time, but, like, on an intuitive level, you go, all right, I." in order to change perspective and get people with me, I, you have to, like, on an intuitive level, right, I guarantee Joe would have n- never started with the pyramids First, And then going like working backwards because you don't get the audience relating and it's too big of an idea to talk about the de-evolution of humanity while not being attached to it. In this way, they get attached to Joe, right? To trust him then he brings them in on it so they can relate with somebody that somebody that they trust and then once they're in the the deep end he's able to go all right put your face underwater, we're going to dive a little bit and then they go into the the weirdness that is his goddamn uh pothead historical view it's uh goddamn it it's fucking funny um and i think all right uh, so that's the analysis of it uh, the more personal thing Um, I have moments of that, uh, the, like, how long until you can send me an email, like, how the fuck does any of this work, those hypersenses of awareness. I actually had one, so I'm recording this, uh, like, right after Easter, and I had this moment, (laughs) we were, me and my wife were sitting at our kitchen table, um, it was Easter, right, I still have a christian faith my wife is atheist but we celebrated easter right a zombie jesus which is already when i step outside my own faith and stuff have a different perspective celebrating a zombie is fucking weird but that's that's my belief right and the way that we celebrated is we died we we hard-boiled eggs and then we colored them so that my little daughter could find them, which is a fucking weird... That This is like a hacky premise that I've heard a lot of people talk about, uh, but just follow me on this, because this is where my brain was going, okay? So, I'm already thinking about the the hacky absurdity of just the the holiday of Easter and the traditions that I follow and... Now we follow in my family, right? But that wasn't the end of it. Um, We were like, we were celebrating Easter. We were also uh, online doing like a video chat with my family. Uh, I have a really big family. So on our screen, there was like eight or nine different, because we were doing like a Zoom app meeting. So there was eight or nine different people on the screen, all like participating together and we were all playing Easter bingo something that my dad set up to for all of us to like celebrate together because we're in the middle of a pandemic and in that moment I realized with all of those layers is the most complete absurd thing that we're doing right now like any one of those things is already a fucking weird reality to live in but when you're celebrating a zombie Jesus by hiding colored eggs while talking into a screen to nine different people through basically magic that is the internet and modern thing playing bingo, which is just an old game of matching shit during a global pandemic where millions of people could potentially die. All of those things together just create a tapestry of complete absurdism and I think that's what got me thinking about this joke is I was like, this is so fucking weird and this all can come crashing down at any second and I don't know how to fucking fix it. I'm trying to grow fucking tomatoes in my backyard and I gotta tell you, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I have no real skills here, guys. And I'm sure most of you listening to this are the exact same way of like, I I gotta... I literally have a hatchet in my garage. And, uh... I'm not gonna be sending anybody a fucking email. I don't even think I'll be able to send you a tomato by the end of the summer. Because I don't know if I'm gonna have any. I don't know I how fucking do that. So, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> uh... I don't know. Anyways, uh the last thing I wanted to talk about... uh was kind of all over the place, but I don't know. I I just... I thought about this bit, and I wanted to talk about it, because it's, it's very poignant, right? Whenever this this all can be ca- come crush, crashing down, we're all living it right now. We're in social isolation. Can any of you survive without each other? I fucking can't. That's why I'm talking... I'm pretending to talk to you. I wish you were right here, because I'm going fucking crazy. I love my wife, and I love my baby, but there are only two people. I'm used to being around 300 every night. Not every night. I wish my career was that great, but, you know, some nights... Um, anyways, the last, uh, speaking of people, last thing I wanted to read, uh, to you guys. So I, I was looking up IMDb facts. I, why did I say it that way? IMDb. Uh, I now have a weird, uh, Eastern European accent. IMDb. Um, I was just looking up, uh, like when this was released and shot and produced and stuff like that on IMDb. And at the very bottom of it, I didn't know they did this, but they like suggest um reviews you can read about whatever you're looking up. um and the only one that was on there, like you can expand it and see a lot more. but the one that they showed was a one star review from uh, let me give this guy a shout out or lady, I don't know uh Vesperma hash two. So if you're listening out there, I'm about to read your fucking review because I I very much loved it. By the way, one star out of ten, and the title of it is Rogan calls Fear Factor contestants idiots. He's got a bit about Fear Factor, and he calls them idiots. All right, here we go. Joe Rogan's whole act is profanity laced with bile. He is a pot smoker who entered Fear Factor thinking it was a joke he said he would egg people on because he didn't know how stupid people were going to be. The producers of the show, he explained, were going to, on the premise of playing pranks on unsuspecting contestants to see how far they will go. The level of evil involved is a little twisted, Mr. Rogan's special is just filled with rants of someone who is too good for regular human beings. I found him to be offensive, and his stuff can be heard by more and sorry, I found him to be offensive, and his stuff can be heard by more talented comedians such as Eddie Murphy and Chris Rock rogan even does five minutes set on the n-word overall ignore this special uh that was in 2007 uh so you know i'm judging someone from a long time ago however uh it was the very last part like all of it was like all right you're really uh you're really going for it here calling him evil and twisted and (laughs) <laughs> it's like you would egg people on at fear Factor. yeah they were going for fifty thousand dollars and they were idiots they were just drinking gallons of fucking bull cum uh, it, you're kind of dumb if you're gonna if i was on fear factor and they said hey you gotta you gotta eat all these spiders and then at the end of it wash it down with a gallon of bull cum i'd go yeah, that's not enough for fifty. That that's not enough for maybe fifty thousand dollars because we also have two more rounds after this, and I don't know what the fuck else you're gonna make me do. So you're either very competitive, which makes you kind of stupid, or you're just flat stupid. Uh, anyways, that's that's not what I wanted to dive into. The main thing was the very last thing I wanted to read. Uh. I found him to be offensive and his stuff can be heard by more talented comedians, such as Eddie Murphy or Chris Rock. Rogan even does five minutes set on the N-word. Uh, uh, listen, I know Joe, there, there is subtleties here. The Joe is a white guy. I don't know what N-word joke he's talking about. And it could be that he's very tactless about it. I would assume not, but let's assume he is tactless. However, it's weird that you bring up Chris Rock uh when Chris uh, legitimately's like his most famous bit is about the n-word. So is it how is it the context? Cuz he says I find him to be offensive. So what is offensive? Is it about just his his the context of what he's saying? Is it like cuz it's definitely not the n-word cuz Chris Rock has that famous bit and it's definitely like okay with you and i agree that is one of the best bits ever we will probably analyze that very carefully at some point uh on this podcast but like what a weird uh <laughs> what a what a weird thing to be like hey joe rogan does the thing about the n word but listen to chris rock like uh, okay well, you clearly, it, it's clearly not the, also, if you, this is what I'm very confused about. Like, this has to be a white person, I'm assuming, because they, I don't know why I'm analyzing. Listen, guys, I've been in isolation. I just need to talk to somebody about shit. Okay. uh, Just real quick. I would assume if they were a black person and they were okay with Chris Rock's joke about it, they would just spell out. The N-word. But they literally... I'm not just saying that. I'm saying, like, they literally put letter N, then space, then W-O-R-D, N-word. So, I'm assuming they're white, but they're okay to hear it from a black person, which I get, but then I also don't get, because, like, if you're offended by the word itself then anybody saying it really should be offensive, especially, like, you know what, I'm speaking out my ass, because I don't fucking know what inward joke they're talking about, so I'm probably defending something, and he's just up there going, meh, 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 just saying it, he's got a fucking Ku Klux Klan hat on, I'm like, hey guys, this, this is ridiculous, anyways, I just wanted to read that to you, I saw that, and I was just, I was, I was so, it was so fun, I was like, wow early, early, uh, early review comments on internet. Don't I miss it. Don't I miss human interaction? Huh? Don't I miss ho- learning how to talk to people? I gotta fucking do that again. I gotta learn how to read because I can't read. I gotta learn how to talk to you guys. I'm going insane. I hope you are too. And keep listening. Uh, anyways, you guys are great. Uh, go out and find your own funny. I'll talk to you later. I love you. Bye. Fucking idiots. Meh, 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 meh.